Hey! Welcome to Urban Planning is Not Boring. I'm Sam. And I'm Nat. Hello. Hello. Welcome back, everybody, to Urban Planning is Not Boring. With your two favorite girls, (laughs) Sam and Nat, we're here. We're here, and I think this is our first solo episode of the year. Yeah, it is. It's huge. So also, welcome to 2024, everyone. Happy New Year. It is almost February, but Happy New Year. Yeah. (laughs) Have you, Sam, please, just quick, quick icebreaker. What was your New Year, like, what was one of your New Year's resolutions? Okay, so I'm a big New Year's resolutions kind of person. Um, I don't know why I find so much, like, power in the New Year for lack of a better word. Um, One of them was to get back into running. Okay. And I used to play soccer. So I was like running all the time, but not like just to run. I was like, I had an objective, Mm -hmm. but I don't play organized sports anymore. Trying to change that. I want to find a league or something, but I started doing something called couch to 5k which basically if you're someone that like doesn't run all it is one method to get you to running a 5k within like a couple months, which a 5k is like three something miles. So it's not huge, but I'm so out of shape right now. No, that's awesome. And same. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been, I've been kind of slacking. Um, because work's gotten a little bit more busy and like, I just don't want to do anything when I get home. I just want to lay in bed, Yeah, but that's definitely something that I want to stick with more this year than I did previous years. Yeah. Well, that's a great resolution. And funnily enough, one of my biggest ones as well. Really? <laughs> yeah. Cause I, <clears throat> I get really concerned with myself because I really love the gym and I love working out and you know I'm there every day but sometimes it can feel a bit mundane and when I start to feel that way it makes me not enjoy working out anymore and so that's why I started like I went from doing like more weightlifting to then powerlifting and I was trying all these different things And I still really enjoy doing all of those things, but I wanted to incorporate more cardio. So I made it a really big point to try to start running, which I have never been a runner. I played soccer and I ran and that was great, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like the fastest or anything. And I, I never ran, you know, long distances or anything like that. So I definitely want to try. And I downloaded the Nike running club app. Okay. You know what? I got an Apple watch recently. That app is actually really good. And I love it. I love it. It's it's so cool. And I particularly like using it if I'm not going on a run with someone else. Yeah. Um, When you're by yourself. So basically if nobody's familiar with the Nike running club app or if anyone isn't familiar with it, um, 
the app is it's free for anyone. You just create your account and it has these guided runs that you can do. And they're all of them are different time intervals or they could, they sometimes go by distance. Um, and so you can choose like anywhere from a 15 minute run to a one hour run. You can do a one mile run to like a 10 mile run. So they have all these different, um, options and the guided runs are so nice because you can connect your phone or you connect the app to whatever music app you use. And so you get to, you know, listen to your music while the app is running. And it's like every five to 10 minutes, you have a coach that comes on in your headphones and he starts or she starts or they start talking to you um, and basically guiding your run. Like they give you all of these tips about how to run, uh, you know, proper like form while you're running. They talk to you about breathing techniques. They talk to you and then they like start motivating you mm-hmm. and they turn into like your life coach. Yeah. And you all of a sudden feel invincible. And like, as someone who's literally never run even a mile, I got through the mile and every, at every point I was like, I need to stop running. The coach would come back and, um, they would just say, they were like, you can do this. Like, yeah. I know it's tough now, but just once you break past that 20 minute mark, you're going to feel unstoppable. And I'm in my head. I was like, wow, yeah, I am unstoppable. And now I'm going to go run 10 miles. Um, <laughs> just kidding, but it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And I'd like to keep using that. So I've dedicated my Sundays to either going for a run or doing some kind of cardio activity outdoors. So I went for a hike this Sunday. I thought I was going to die, but I got, I've been doing yoga on Sundays. I've also been doing something different than the gym on Sundays, which I'm really enjoying. Look at us. This is our soft launch out of urban planning content. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. All of a sudden we're just going to be like, Hey guys, welcome to the runner's pod. (laughs) What? (laughs) No, but actually something that I do have to talk about at some point on this podcast, once I get more into it is, um, I'm studying for the AICP test currently. Ah, yeah. Let me know why the pre-test I took was the hardest thing I've ever taken in my entire life. Yeah. No. Yeah. Cause case law. Oh yeah. History. Yeah. The specific dates and people and places yeah. Couldn't even honestly, begin to tell you. Honestly, I'm kind of shocked that in this day and age, <laughs> I need to know the exact date in which like something happened. Like, can't I just say back in the 1950s? Like, yeah. can't I say that, please? <laughs> to be fair, a lot of the questions were more like situational and taken from the point of view of you're a planner in X city. Someone comes to you with this issue. What are your first steps? A lot of it was like more situational, like I said, but there were definitely some questions that I realized I'm going to actually need to study a lot harder than I thought. (laughs) Okay. I love that. Well, honestly, I know, didn't you like post that you were starting to study for? I can't remember if you posted or if you texted me, but it made me think I was like, damn, I really should probably take the AICP exam just to get certified, even though I'm now in like an urban planning adjacent field, right. but I still think like it would definitely be of benefit. Cause that's, you know, that's my degree, 
Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe study buddy, you know, I mean, they offer a test in May and in November twice, twice a year, every year. Okay, perfect. Then I think it's, it's time we're going to get started. Perfect. Okay. Anywho, that's it for a later date. We're talking about something that if you are on the internet, you've probably seen talked about pretty recently on at least TikTok. Like, I don't know what, I guess I do know why people are bringing it up, but it's pretty cool to see something that we've learned about in school Mm -hmm. become mainstream. Yeah. And like Brit, who we've had on before, Brittany Simmons, she has posted a lot about third places, which is what you're talking about today. I, it's really interesting because I don't have TikTok anymore, but my Instagram reels have been crazy with third places. Mm -hmm. Like I continue to see people posting about it. And I think that's the interesting thing in this field is when you do finally start to see folks that are talking about things that to them are just, you know, run of the mill, like everyday life that Mm -hmm. we're like, wow, there's an entire field dedicated to studying something like this. Like it's so crazy. Um, so yeah, we are going to be talking about third spaces and we really want to just kind of dive in by expressing that third spaces, we want to give you like a bit of an overview. So third spaces are spaces that are distinct from our homes. When we talk about our homes, we're referring to first places and our workplaces And workplaces are referred to as second spaces. So you have your house, first place, workplace, second, second space. God, say that like 10 times. I know it's, I think it's supposed to be place. Place. I keep saying spaces. And it's okay. It's confusing in the way that it is written right now in front of us, but I think it's third, third place, first place. place, first place is home. Second place is work. Third place is elsewhere. Yes. Third place. So urban planners have now found that third places are not only key to stabilizing our community, but also strengthening productivity among those who are using those third places. And most Americans find third places online on social media sites like Facebook, Instagram, but research is pointing to the fact that physical places where routine connections can be built provide much greater benefit. And so Sam, I don't know if you want to kind of dive into that a little bit. Yeah. I think before going into the history of third places, like I feel like a lot of the TikToks I've seen about third places have basically lamented over college when you're living in a place where all your friends are in walking distance and you can walk to class and you can walk to the coffee shop or walk to the grocery store. And like, for me, that was definitely my experience. Everyone was walking, everyone was biking. And I think for a lot of people, it's hard when you don't have a name to put to something and you're just thinking, why did I feel so different in those scenarios? Like, of course you're living with your friends and Perhaps you moved away, but you also had access to so many things that you didn't, one, didn't need a car for, and two, you were meeting in person to do things. And I think we're going to get into kind of some of the 
factors that have led to the decline of third places. But that core aspect of you're meeting your friends in person at the pizza place or the bar, whatever, is like the critical component that a lot of people are missing when they graduate and move away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you said that because I'll never forget this one reel is like embedded in my brain. And it was this, um, this person who they recorded a video and I think like basically the, the premise of the video or what was said was it's really crazy realizing that the last time you were ever in a livable, walkable community was back when you were in college. And that's a a really important thing to acknowledge because college towns, university spaces are really like, they just really highlight what a walkable community looks like. They really highlight like the 15 minute city concept where, you know, you can go from your house to go see the doctor, to go to the grocery store, to go to the gym, to then go and meet your friends like at the bar or to go get food or whatever the case is, and then just go back home. And it's all within a two mile radius, which is insane to think about. But then you move and you leave that space. And, you know, depending on where you go, you might go to a city that's still walkable, but definitely not the same in any way. Or you move out into the suburbs and it's drastically different. So it's just, it's very interesting to think about that. Yeah. But let's get into the history first, and then we can talk more about all of these factors. In the 1980s, American sociologist Ray Oldenburg, Oldenburg, don't know how to say it, developed the notion of a third place or a space for informal free social interaction. And I think interestingly, in this definition from the 1980s, essential to democracy. He coined the term third place in his 1989 book, The Great Good Place, which was a New York Times book review editor's choice. And readers said that the book had given a name to something they knew and cared about, but hadn't had a way to talk about. So maybe I read that before and I subconsciously absorbed that because I just said that same thing. But I think it's true. (laughs) Um, The historical examples that the author cites in his book, The Great Good Place, include French cafes, German American beer gardens, and English pubs, all of which appeal to people from various walks of life. So a good historical overview to kind of bring us into the discussion about why there is a, why number one, third places are seen as such important spaces for people, but more recently there has been a decline. And so there are kind of three major factors that are going into the decline. And I'll just talk about the first one, um, which was the COVID-19 pandemic. So you know, you had a lot of folks who, well, not a lot, everyone was under strict guidelines to stay home or to, uh, you know, attend places at a distance or to mask or whatever the case was. 
So there was a huge decline in social interactions in general, but there was also a huge decline in the kinds of spaces you were able to visit. So even going to a restaurant, you weren't going to like sit down or you weren't going to your coffee shop to go sit and read or to meet your friends. You were going and either having the coffee delivered to your house or you were going to pick it up and you were going right back home. Um, and so I think that's a one big reason why there's been a decline in individuals going to visit third places. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's really sad. I do think that there's, we're kind of getting back to some normalcy, um, at least like in the spaces that I've been attending, like my coffee shop is always busy and there's a lot of people that, that are going, but I do also think that restaurants and, um, coffee shops and places like that, that began adapting or modifying their, um, their regulations to offer things like delivery and takeout, I think have now made it more accessible for people. And so a lot of people are actually kind of sticking with that where they won't even go to the coffee shop and order their coffee in line and then go, um, go sit down and enjoy it. They'll just go pick it up. Like they'll order it on their phone. They'll go pick it up and they'll go back home. And so I do think that's like one really, really big element of the decline in, in third places. Yeah. And I think this next bullet point that we wanted to highlight is just like technological, like advances in general. And I think one side of that is what you were just talking about, where if I was going to go to a coffee shop, there's like, for example, there's a blue bottle that's right near my work. Mm-hmm. I can so easily download the app, place my order, walk in, grab my coffee and leave. Mm-hmm. I don't have to linger at all. And mm-hmm. I think lingering and like striking up a conversation is like the heart of what a third place is meant to do. And that whole middle part where I have to order, talk to the barista, pay, wait, whatever is removed. Yeah. And so I think that's one part of this technology. The second part is, I think, a little bit more obvious, which is social media. And I think a lot of people are like fully addicted to social media. I'm, I mean, I definitely am. And that's just kind of something I have to deal with. But if you go home and you can feel like this sense of community on your phone, why do you have to go out? You know, like you can FaceTime your friends, you can text your friends, you could go on TikTok and endlessly watch videos. You could go on Instagram. There's this whole like world on our phone and that totally negates the need to like, well, it doesn't, but like for a lot of people, it does say like, oh, I don't need to go out. I can literally order my groceries on my phone. I can order anything from Amazon and it will get here in two days. Like there's just so many reasons that technology is taking away from the need to leave the home in a, in a like kind of detrimental way. Although convenience is like a huge factor in a lot of people's lives that don't have like the, you know, time to be on the grocery store. Like it's good. It has its pros and cons, obviously. I just think it's really fascinating that in the last what 10 years we've seen like this huge advance that's like basically changed 
our whole society. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly, it's, I always think of it as like a double-edged sword because the opportunity to provide more convenient accessibility is extremely important. So like, for instance, and I think it's extremely relevant to like the United States in general, because our work-life balance is horrible. Like if for most, most employment. So, and what I mean by that is depending on, you know, there are so many people that aren't just even working one job, they're working multiple jobs. So not having accessibility to just time in general to go to the store or go to get your morning coffee or whatever it is, the advancement of technology is beneficial. Um, however, at the same time, I do think there are moments and opportunities that you can take to say, you know what, maybe I don't need to order my groceries. Like maybe it would be good for me to like go to the grocery store, get out of the house, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm a really big, like, I, I don't like ordering anything online. I love going to the store. Wait, I love, I love the grocery store and a lot yeah. of people hate it. Yeah. And a lot of crowded, there's lines. I love wandering around. I end up spending more money for sure because yeah. I'm just seeing things and like, Ooh, yeah. I've had that before, but I do. And I don't even think a grocery store is like a third place technically maybe because you're not like there to chitter chatter but it's still getting out and you're still with other people yes and I I am socializing with the cashier so especially at Trader Joe's like they will talk to you like you've known them for 15 years they're like oh my god how are the kids I'm like oh I actually don't have kids they're like oh my god well I just can't wait until you do and then you can tell me all about them I'm like wow So I don't know. I do think there's an element though, for a lot of people, like you said, there are spaces that can be seen as really inconvenient. Um, And again, I just like, I always want to talk about how frustrated I am with the fact that I live in the United States, because I think about other countries where it's completely normal for people to be walking around at two o'clock in the afternoon, like going out to lunch with friends or going to, you know, walk around the plaza or whatever, like in whatever space it is. And that's seen as completely normal. Whereas for us, it's like, you're strictly required like nine to five or whatever your hours, you know, are depending on where you work, you just have this like whole chunk of your day that's solely dedicated to this one purpose So that balance is not always, you know, it's not always easy. And so I want to acknowledge that while also, you know, acknowledging that like, it does kind of suck that technology has made things so convenient to the point where now we really do forego really great opportunities to visit places that really, I think, could benefit us socially. Yeah, totally. Um, And I think... I brought this up, you know, when Sam and I were talking about third places, which is the issue with like sprawling communities and autocentric communities being a, you know, leading to a decline in third places, because I think it's extremely easy if you live in a walkable community where like your apartment or your home is a five minute walk to your coffee shop or even like a 10, 15 minute walk. 
to your coffee shop. That's really awesome. And so you can make that like a part of your day. Like so many people that I talk to that live in cities like that say like, oh, I go for my morning walk and I go pick up my coffee and then I, you know, go back home and I get ready for work or whatever. For someone who lives in a sprawling or autocentric community, which I guess I would more so say sprawling, like suburban, um, that's extremely difficult. My coffee shop is a 45 minute walk. So not easy for me to, you know, just say, oh yeah, I'll get up in the morning and go for, actually, I think it's much longer than 45 minutes. I think it, it would probably be over an hour, but that's not as convenient. And so for me, it's like, that's just not an accessible space. I would have to go by car Mm -hmm. And then you have to gauge, like, do I have enough time in the morning to go drive over to the coffee shop or whatever the case is? And then that leads back into the, okay, well, it's more convenient for me to order on my mobile app or whatever and go just pick it up and leave, et cetera. So I feel like they all just really tie into one another. And this decline has been just seen, I think, even more so after COVID-19, but it's extremely sad because I'm like a huge advocate for third places because my coffee shop has been like a, had such a huge impact on me, um, in terms of like connections that I've made and people that I've met and, you know, just opportunities that have come because of it. And so I just think there's such a great benefit and I want more people to get, to get out and go, go to your third places. Yeah. I moved home as I've, I think said before, definitely, um, to the suburbs. And I take, I drive to the train. I take the train to work and then I leave work and I take the train to my car and I drive home. I have no third places, right? Not none, but on the weekdays, very little. And I think a big part of that is when you're in your car, you're not going to necessarily like get off the freeway to go to a place to do something. Right. But that's like a horrible way to put that. But if I was walking and I saw like a bookstore or like a boutique or something, I might be, I'm more inclined to just pull it into that because I'm already walking. I'm so close. If I'm driving and I'm taking the freeway, yeah, I'm not going to stop. Right. And it, I think something like this, that really is at the nexus of like so many sectors of planning and design and sociology and whatever is really interesting because you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Like you can't have a really thriving third place community without walkability and without drawing people in with good design and architecture and all these different things. And I don't know, I'm obviously no expert, but I think it's very interesting. No, it is absolutely. But this is also what we talk about when we're discussing travel behavior or the manipulation of travel behavior Mm -hmm. is extremely essential to this. Because like you said, you go from work on the train, you know, you're not stopping anywhere. Like the train's not going to start running through a, you know, downtown. Yeah. Like a little downtown area where you could be like, Oh, please like let me off so I can go get my coffee or, you know, go grab a book or whatever. And then when you get into your car again, the freeway is siloed. You're not like, there's nothing for you to pass by. And even if there is, you're not, you're going to see it. And after your nine hour day, you're going to be like, you know what? 
I think I'm actually really good. I think I just want to go home. Mm-hmm. And so your behavior, your travel patterns, all of that is manipulated by the design of spaces. And it's often, you know, the limitation of opportunity for you to even attend certain places that limits your experience in a city, which is, I think, where we do start talking about how do we design spaces that are accessible and easy to navigate, easy to maneuver and inviting. Like, I think a big thing is like inviting spaces. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that I feel like I want to talk about, but for the sake of time, I think we should move into like, what makes a place a third place? Because there are certain things, not like specifics, but there are certain things that go into making a third place successful. And so, uh, and we'll link the sources from all of this stuff in the description. So if you have, if you want to read more about third places, you'll have those. This kind of list that we have here highlights atmosphere, location, and outlook, among other things. So one being it's neutral ground, meaning you don't need an invitation and anyone can enter. It's unstructured, so you can come and go as you please. It's not expensive, which I think in today's economy... It's impossible. (laughs) It is, but I think there are opportunities that are overlooked, like your library or the park, which, weather permitting, or... um, I should have thought about this more before, but there's there's others. (laughs) Um, It's a place to talk. Conversation is the main activity, but you can also do, you know, other things like this talk about playing games. It's near your home or workplace. Ideally, you can walk to your third place and it has regulars, but strangers aren't out of place. Yeah, so all great, like just a good overview of what, you know, should really embody a third place. Um, and I think Sam and I just kind of want to highlight why we want to talk about third places because they are really important spaces, but we also want to kind of talk about as well, what planners can do about the decline of these third places. And so we are seeing that there are many city planning efforts to reinvigorate metropolitan neighborhoods, to now include specific steps in creating third places. And so that's especially more public spaces that is attempting to kind of break down social silos. And they're, you know, kind of in tandem with that, there are efforts to make sure that zoning accommodates mixed use functions in otherwise residential areas. And I think that's gonna be, you know, that'll play a big role in the suburbs. Um, You know, we've been talking about inclusionary zoning. Yeah, guys. I don't think Sam and I will ever shut up about inclusionary zoning. I'm like, enough, enough single family homes. Um, so those are two that I think are kind of go in tandem with one another. There are some other kind of aspects that include making bus routes um, and convenient stopping points that can also be critical to the survivability of a third place. Um, And so that's, again, just like accessibility to third places being so important, especially in such an autocentric environment. Um, 
Also, it talks about kind of retrofitting public places and exploring new architecture and the use of space, which is extremely essential. And I think that comes down to urban design, the way you design spaces. We always talk about, and we've had guests that have talked about this on the podcast where we talk about, you know, architecture and like what hostile architecture is and how that can be really disinviting to certain spaces that, you know, makes you not want to go somewhere or just doesn't make a, a space like that inviting. Um, and then there's also this kind of last point, which is strengthening social networks, you know, is a crucial step to reviving neighborhoods and addressing social problems. So third places can then help in kind of stabilizing communities and reducing those social elements. And I think that's, you know, in the attempt that the more you are able to go out and enjoy third places, the more opportunity you have to meet new people, to hear new ideas, to strike up new and inviting conversation that can, you know, really benefit you in a lot of ways. And I honestly, I maybe would not have thought that, you know, a year ago, but as I have started, so I go to my local coffee shop every day. And I go get my coffee. I've become really good friends with the baristas there. I've met all of the regulars there. Um, I got a Christmas card from my coffee shop because I'm so, I frequent it so often. But the people that I've met there that I've just, you know, all walks of life. I've met farmers that own cattle ranches and I've met comedians. I've met like all these really interesting people, artists, all this stuff, you learn so much and it's such an inviting space and it really makes your day. If I'm being quite honest, it's like so nice. It just makes you feel really good to have like that social connection, especially if you're not someone that often likes to socialize that much. You don't even really necessarily have to, you can just go sit there and watch other people. Like if you're a people watcher, that's really fun. Um, so I think it's just like a really inviting space for all different types of personalities and you can meet your friends there and, you know, make it an, a point to like, not just call your friends or text your friends, but actually see them in person and, you know, make those efforts to, to foster those, you know, those relationships. And I think that is, I don't know, that's a big one for me with third places. So yeah. Well, we know what your favorite third place is. God, it's my coffee shop and I'll never stop talking about it. I know. I, it's funny. I feel like since I moved back, I've been trying to go on what I like to call friend dates where I have met some people and I'll just like hang out with them as if it's a date, but just because I'm making friends, first of all, making friends as an adult is weird and it's hard. Yeah. And we'll go to a restaurant or a bar, or we will go on a walk or go to the beach. And those are third places. Yeah. And when you think about how most of my days are literally first place to second place and back to first place, like that's kind of sad. <laughs> but now that I'm aware of it, <laughs> changes will be made. Um, I feel like I was going to say something else, but I forgot. That's okay. Well, I think um, it is like, <clears throat> I think it's important to acknowledge that like, not everybody, you know, there are many people that are really satisfied just like going from work to home, you know, wherever, back and forth yeah. between the two. 
and they love the convenience of, you know, ordering their groceries online or, you know, getting everything off, off the internet mm-hmm. and more power to you. Like convenience is key for a lot of people. And I think that's great. I am just such a big proponent of getting outdoors or doing activities with people where, you know, it really is easy, absolutely, to pick up the phone and call your friend and talk for an hour. But I think it's just so much nicer. Like, just an example, I was, you know, texting one of my friends and I was telling her about how, like, I wanted to start running or like incorporating cardio, you know, in my day, whatever. And she was like, oh, let's go on a hike. And I was like, awesome. Sounds great. So we go on this hike and for an hour, like we're out in the wilderness. <laughs> we go on this hike and, you know, not only am I enjoying like the outdoors and I'm <laughs> reconnecting with nature. <laughs> I feel like I just had to say that, you know, but anyways, I got to also spend time with like a very close friend of mine and we were like seeing people on this walk and meeting people. We got to see a bunch of like dogs and, you know, that's always fun. Like everybody enjoys stuff like that. So I don't know. It just really, I feel like personally, it really does improve your day. It it's just like, there's a lot of benefits. So to those who are interested, I'm just always like a huge advocate for trying to find your third place and, and going. Yeah, I think it's big if you're feeling if you're feeling down mm-hmm. and you're kind of feeling like what have I done today? My mom and I, she's been joining me on the running journey, which is great. We'll go to a high school track and there's so many people out walking, running. Sometimes there's like a soccer practice going on and there's still like people from like like high school age or younger up to old elderly people walking and running around the track. And you wouldn't think the high school track is the place to be on a Tuesday night, but it is. So you don't have to spend, the other thing is like, you don't have to spend money. And I think it's important that we remember that there are public spaces that you can go to and just hang out. Bring a book, bring a journal. I would brought a book to this bakery, and one of the girls we struck up conversation because it's the, it's a book Poor Things, which is like the book that the new movie with Emma Stone is based on. And she was like, "Oh my gosh, have you seen the movie?" Blah blah blah. I mean, you started talking about it. So, like, natural, you know? Yeah. Striking up a conversation. And Those I'm are all kind the of best ways this person. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, and you know what? Take your headphones out sometimes. I like, I have to make an effort not to wear headphones when I'm at the grocery store or like when I'm at a cafe, because I'm just that they make me feel more safe and comfortable sometimes. But sometimes you just have to not wear headphones. This is so (laughs) this I'm sounding like boomer mom, but (laughs) I really think that there is something about not wearing headphones that just like one like I think psychologically makes you look more inviting to somebody to talk to and two is just freeing sometimes. No, hundred percent. But I also like, I'll jump on the boomer mom train when I say, (laughs) when I say that, like we have become so technology centric that even like 
like organic relationships aren't really a thing anymore. Um, I feel like it's, you know, like perfect example is like Bumble not only has like the Bumble dating app, but Bumble friends. And I think that's great. Like if, you know, you have a hard time connecting with people and that would be easier for you, more power to you to utilize that. However, I am a huge advocate for just like fostering organic relationships and third places help you do that. And so even like you said, going to the bakery and randomly a woman happens to see that you're reading a book in which like there's a connection made. It's things like that, that I think can be really cool. And maybe you'll never talk to this person again, or maybe you'll end up finding like a really good friend out of it. You really never know. And so I think that's like, you know, we get so bogged down in the digital age of I can, you know, meet people on online or on social media or on the dating apps or whatever, but it's like, you could also meet great people in your own community in, you know, in these third places. And so, you know, get outside kids, <laughs> please. Kids, we 25 year olds, literally go outside. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty old. Um, I think with that, we can conclude. Yeah. I think we don't want to sound preachy. Obviously we are not perfect people. But it's really good to keep these kind of things in mind when your life starts to feel boring or repetitive or mundane. And I really think doing one thing out of your comfort zone or one thing different to change up your routine, even if it's like one thing a week, is really important. And I've come to realize that as I've graduated. Are we like, are we turning into like a self-help podcast? Like, are we? I don't know. I'm like, am I stating the obvious? But sometimes yeah. it's good to have a reminder. It's also sometimes good to hear it from someone else. Yeah. So honestly, I'm also- saying this more for my own reminder yeah. than for anyone else, but I hope someone gets something out of it. <laughs> no, every time I'm talking out loud, it's really just me trying to remind myself yeah. to do, to Sam, do, what do something tomorrow night. Yeah. Don't just come home and lay in bed. Exactly. That's it. And that's, you know, honestly, though, if you want to lay in bed, totally understandable. No, I'm not. at least this week, once, once this week, go to your third place. I'll post a story. I'll post a story on Instagram and it's going to be me out of third place after work. And yep. I'm not just going to go straight home. Yep. Okay. Yes, you wait. Okay, perfect. I'm, I know that our listeners are so excited yeah. as I am excited. Um, I'm just every day on, on UPIMB's Instagram. I'm just going to be posting at the coffee shop. (laughs) Okay. That's your challenge for the week, everyone. Okay. Well, it's Tuesday. Well, yeah, no, we still have a good amount of the week left. That is your challenge for the week. You have to, at least once this week, find a third place and go and enjoy it. And linger. And linger. And yeah. By the cranberries. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Just, yeah, go to your third place, meet someone new or don't. Um, and it's okay if you don't want to. Sometimes honestly, you're not in the mood. Yeah, exactly. If you do want to just put your headphones in and just be in the third place, that's fine. But if you also happen to see someone that you want to talk to or even just say good afternoon to. Or say, hey, I like that shirt. Exactly. Hey, oh my gosh, your dog is so cute. Can I yeah, pet it? Great, great icebreaker. Exactly. Like there's so much, just 
one once this week, one day this week, and then you have to post it on your story and you have to tag, and tag us. Yeah, tag us and then yeah. So that's everybody's homework for the week. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode of Urban Planning is Not Boring. If you did, please remember to send us to your friends and follow us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember guys, urban planning is not boring. No, it is not.